Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-host, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Doing okay. Nice. So we did uh, skip an episode. We were at Disneyland enjoying the Labor Day weekend. What did you guys think of Disneyland during Labor Day? Rissa, what do you think? Oh, the usual. Um... Friday wasn't too crowded, which was nice, and Saturday was just like a normal crowd. Um, it was unfortunate that uh, the Haunted Mansion was closed for refurb, but it usually is that weekend, so it's nothing new. That is true. Nelson, what do you think of the Labor Day weekend spending it at Disneyland? So I thought it was pretty fun this year, uh, particularly because my sister and brother-in-law were able to join us. So we kind of had a... a big group and essentially it was it's the same group as uh you know the group that we're gonna go to disney world with so it was kind of like a test run (laughs) yeah pretty much and yeah we just we were just missing eric there right yeah my friend eric was uh he didn't join us for this labor day trip but um yeah pretty much everyone else was there and you know had a good time we all kind of did our own things from you know most of the time but uh we met up for definitely the meals and uh, some fast passes and whatnot so overall it was good fun and um like rissa said the crowds were actually pretty pretty slim in all honesty depend like particularly because it's labor day weekend but that was appreciated hopefully this continues on into november when we go to disney world right oh i don't know about that it's <laughs> galaxy's edge is open over there that no. is true i did notice though that after this hurricane they um they're not really using the the boarding passes over in uh, Hollywood Studios, so it's um, open land. Pretty cool. Yep, a couple of my uh, friends over there they were able to sneak in a visit to Galaxy's Edge there because they took advantage of that. Yeah, exactly. Like the hurricane didn't really do much damage in Florida, so thankfully we're just staying away. Yeah, thankfully. I know they did have some shutdowns at MCO. That's probably why people were unable to make it in. So. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a good time to be going, I guess, right now. Um, if you don't mind the weather. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind the weather. But it's uh, it's Florida, so right. you know, the weather is it's always raining there. Well, right now. So on today's episode, we're going to be re- recapping our, our day two, which was our last day of D23 Expo 2019. So, um, you know, we'll go over what we did and then how we closed out the day for this, uh, this expo. All right. So let's, let's, uh, recap starting with, with the morning. So if you, uh, listeners remember from our day one, our day one morning didn't really start off too well. Um, to say the least, we, we had to return our, our chairs back Well, Rissa and Kay had to go back and return the chairs to the room. Um, and then, you know, there was that whole debacle of going into Hall A for waiting and then, uh, being moved over to Hall E and people cutting us and everything. And 
nobody in Hall E knowing where to put us, even, like for lining up for our stage passes. So um, how did this differ when we went in on uh, day two? Uh, Rissa, how did this how did this change? Um, it was a lot better uh, in terms of like uh, getting in through security. It was still the same. We had to go through the Catella entrance, um, but rather than filtering us all into Hall A, they had us <coughs> excuse me go directly to um, Hall E, which was nice because they had actual signage. Um, they had like uh, cast members there directing us where to go. Um, and then they had actual signage down in Hall E for an ADA line as well as um, where to check in. There was like a check-in podium similar to how um, we encountered it for uh, D23 Expo Arena. Um, so that was nice. We got to um, go directly into line, check in with our stage passes, and basically just sat there until it was time to, to get loaded. Yeah, so... You know, we were just waiting. They played a couple movies on the screens. Um, and then they made an announcement that everybody's going to have to put all the recording devices or devices that have recording capabilities into sealed bags. So, Nelson, what did you think when they were handing out the bags? So, just to back up a step, um, we're talking about get heading into the behind-the-scenes panel. This is the big panel the first panel of the day that's at, right at hall d23 so of course there's an overnight line um that we didn't have to go to because thankfully we all got stage passes um yep and um as i guess you guys were also like getting into is that the processing of it was a lot smoother this morning than the previous so just wanted to back up that one little bit there but anyway the the bags so um i was uh i kind of already knew that was going to happen because rissa had told us that that's what they did and that's what they always do right. so i had already anticipated it and i just didn't know what, what kind of bags it was but they're literally the static free type like bags that you find electronics in when you like buy new ones and then they're all wrapped in their boxes and whatnot and yeah it's uh so i mean they're definitely safe from like static <laughs> but um yeah they and, and you can't um you can't touch your screen or anything right and so through that act the material they're also yeah it's uh it won't allow you to actually do anything with the screen i mean you could sure you could hit like the volume rockers and whatnot like actual physical buttons if you could like just feel for them because the the plastic itself um, it's not opaque or transparent rather. So yeah, I mean, it's completely blocked out both visually and like signal wise too. Yeah. So. It, it, they do that also to like obscure if anybody's trying to sneak any audio, uh, recording. Cause right. even if you were to utilize like say Siri or Bixby or whatever, um, ass assistant you have on your phone, like you would get a really sucky, um, audio recording, like barely anything right. through a, a plastic bag. Um, so yeah, uh, they they don't do this for all panels. It's really the ones that have exclusive clips, um, and particularly for these this panel and panels similar to it. Um, other panels, um, even though they're showing clips, like in Hall D twenty three, 
I mean, uh, the D23 Expo Arena, uh, they just have, like, it's a smaller arena, so they have, like, agents walking around that will escort you out if they see it. But in a hall this big, um, they're not able to do that. That's why they, they're like, we don't trust anybody. Also, Apple Watches or any smart watches have to go in there. Um, basically, anything that lights up, they don't want any distractions. Yeah, I have a a hybrid watch, which is like an analog, and it has a little screen that it does connect to my phone. So it is, has like some notification capability. I was paranoid enough that I put that f- my watch in the bag because I didn't want to get escorted out in any right. sort of uh, in any form. So no risk it. I'm not going to risk it for the biscuit this time. So yeah, and that's actually a. A good idea not to risk anything because this panel was just jam-packed. Like, oh my gosh. I I was just, my jaw was getting lower and lower to the floor every for every segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so yeah. amazing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, um, the details of that shortly here. Um, so this this thing that we, that like Nelson mentioned, is the behind the scenes panel. So the very first panel of that second day was the behind-the-scenes panel of the Walt Disney Studios. Um, and it's we didn't know what to expect going in because they hadn't done something like this before, um, especially after the whole Fox acquisition. We weren't sure if they're going to show anything Fox-related or Fox Studios-related. Um, but normally, like what Rissa said in the earlier episodes, they split up the animation and the live-action studios into two different panels. But... They were combining it with this behind the scenes here, and we didn't know, you know, what we're going to be seeing. Uh, we knew it's going to be live action and animation, but we didn't know what else. Um, so, going in, it's it was really exciting because it's new, and um, so we're, let's let's get into what we actually saw um, from the whole thing here. Uh, the first thing they did was, I guess, typically they bring out Alan Horn, who's the creative director and co-COO of the Walt Disney Studios. And um, he he introduced uh, a couple of new things like uh, in a clip like Ryan the Last Dragon Soul and then some blue sky animation things like Spies in Disguise which is going to feature Will Smith. So it's you know like a, he's doing a little intro speech at the beginning there. Um and then you know he was talking about how there was like a lot of people in the audience like he said about 7000 people in that in that auditorium there. So it was it was quite an attendance, pretty good, right? Um, what did you guys notice about about it? Was it uh was it packed with people? Yeah, it was it was definitely packed, and they uh, could have loaded us a bit better. Um, but aside <sighs> from aside from that, it was it was definitely full. Um, they were still loading well into um, like maybe start time yeah well into start time they they were having a bit of difficulty figuring out where to put people because they just kept coming um i was surprised that there wasn't standing room at one point hmm. so what oh, did you think and there was in, a uh, lot oh, yeah. of media too so speaking of media were they allowed to bring any recording devices in no absolutely not um okay so some you might have seen had like tablets or whatever um but Typically, they're not allowed to bring anything that's recording. They, they're very strict about that. Uh, so I, in the past, I've seen them with laptops, and they're just typing, okay. like, nonstop. Um, 
but that's the only exception. Like they're not doing anything outside of just like recording what's happening. Like also, physically. They're, they're only allowed to type notes or whatever. Right. They want about, S- similar about it. to what you were doing with a notepad. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, because um, if they're not allowed to tweet or whatever, they can't break any news. Although, if you remember, the Disney themselves were were tweeting it out, like they were tweeting the things out while we were in the panel. Yeah, basically. they they were live tweeting. Um, yeah, because I think they were live streaming on YouTube as well. Not this yeah. panel. Well, I d- well I don't think they were live streaming, but I definitely was. I did see people like with those professional cameras and like weighted backpacks and whatnot. But I'm oh, thinking yeah, yeah. that's like the actual D23 staff. Right. Yeah. So I think they, they those are probably the only on. ones that yeah. are actually recording anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, they weren't, um, they were pretty hush hush in terms of, um, live streaming this panel. It w- this panel was not, um, live stream. I think Disney legends, legends was, was. Yeah. yeah. Legends yeah. were, but yeah, the and they were using the pro cams, like the ones that are static or, you know, like mounted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, a lot of people were able to see the clips afterwards, maybe like a few days or a week or so afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they released the full sizzle reel and trailer that we saw of of uh, Star Wars. So that was kind of, you know, because it was only a few days later when they did that. And I was like, really, they're not going to wait longer to <laughs> yeah. release this? But I mean, I was, I was yeah. disappointed yeah, that they released it because in my point of view, it kind of makes going to that panel a little less significant because if they're going to release this anyway then that's less exclusive you know yeah but we did get the poster this is true yeah but so like the thing about this panel um because they combine the live action and the animation i didn't really anticipate them to keep things quiet for as long as they usually do um because they can't really hold people at bay because they're not releasing as much information um, yeah, so true. the things that we did get are the animation that they didn't really share all the clips and all the artwork and stuff for, for the animation things that they shared with us, um, because those are Definitely. still in production. So yeah, Star Wars is really, it's coming up soon. So it's, it makes sense that they had to release that. Um, and we still got to see a lot of stars live. So we got that on top of other people. Right. Yeah, so let's let's uh let's start out with that because right after, you know, Alan Horn did his little thing, his little intro speech, he he brought on uh Star Wars. Like he he introduced Star Wars and the people that he brought in were Kathy Kennedy, uh, who's the president of Lucasfilm and she brought in JJ Abrams. So, um what do you guys think when you saw them both on stage there? Uh well, Nelson, what do you think? <laughs> Brissa and I were kind of cheering like save it save it jj save oh right it. yeah save 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 the franchise right i think i said fix it but yeah oh, fix oh. It. yeah yeah you were yeah but essentially the same message though so yeah and then um jj you know brought on the whole pretty much like the main cast of star war of the movie of star wars right. um, and then they also brought on the droids bb8 do and r2d2 so i thought that was pretty cool with the droids what do you guys think of the droids yeah, I, you think? I, I yeah. thought it was cool. Um, I've personally seen BB-8 and R2-D2 um, 
up close before, so that was cool yeah, seeing them again. But Dio was kind of weird looking. I did not. Uh, like, he was a ex- bit bigger than I thought he'd be too. Yeah, but I didn't expect him to look that way. Like it was, it oh, was yeah. weird. Like a single wheel and look like yeah, a lamplight. <laughs> so yeah, it's like he has a cone head. Or yeah, something. yeah, Sh- the cone of shame. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what did you guys think of of the like the new stars that they brought in? Like Carrie Russell's one of them. Uh, what did you guys think of that? Uh, I mean, I'm just interested to see what part they have to play. Really. <laughs> right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Because so- I mean, they're they're ending this thing, right? Yeah. Well, they're I, they're ending the Skywalker involvement in mm-hmm. yeah the saga Star Wars. Yeah. So I mean, I I think they've released a little bit of information about Carrie Russell's character that she's like uh, Pose X or something. They were previously involved. So oh, right. there was that nice exchange between uh, John Boyega and um, what's Pose actor the actor that plays Poe. Oh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name too. Yeah. Yeah, but but they were they had some like bromance kind of joke on stage saying, "Oh, babe, you know it's always you" type of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty right. much, so, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, they brought in people like Billy Dee Williams. They showed a little clip that you know Carrie Fisher. They're going to use some of her footage, um, unreleased footage for this movie. So um, I'm actually hoping they use a lot from Last Jedi because I felt like she wasn't in that enough. So I'm right, yeah. I'm anticipating they're using a lot of that and then probably gonna like from this footage that I've seen, it doesn't look like it's unnatural. Um so I, I'm I'm very like hopeful that they cut it really, really well. So Right, because the f- in the sizzle footage it seemed like the the scene that we saw Leia in it seemed like they were in the forest, yeah, or yeah, a jungle it, it of some like sort. Yeah. And can because yeah. there was also like a scene where Ray seemed like she was training when she did the like the saber throw. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so that might there. be in the same forest or jungle type thing. But did did you notice that it's the same saber that she was throwing that split? Yeah, I was actually surprised. I like I thought that was broken. Yeah, but, but uh, if that you, could be before. But right. if you notice. Like, she has, like, a red wrapping on her hand, so Mm -hmm. she could have fixed it, but it's, like, injuring her, so, you know, maybe something happens there that, you know, then she has a force vision with the whole, the end of the sizzle reel. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, we can talk about the sizzle reel next here. Or not really sizzle reel, that's basically the trailer at that point. Trailer, yeah, like whatever they released to us yeah all right so um yeah they brought out the stars and then they they told us a couple surprises one is they're gonna be giving us a poster everybody in the audience gets a poster and they showed us the picture of the poster it's pretty interesting the way that they they laid it out Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of like a subtle palpatine in the back there well yeah the way that you you were saying like they showed it on screen yeah. And like whenever there was like a lightning effect, it kind of emphasized the Palpatine shadow in the background. Right, right. But obviously you can't really do that on a printed poster. But uh, yeah, I like the effect that they had when they were just showing it on screen. But, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. And then on the posters we got, which were actually really nice, it's like an actual like cardstock. Yeah, um, and it's like raised, you know, embossed. It's mm-hmm, pretty cool. Right. So it, it's actually like pretty high quality poster and yeah they were it gave they gave it to us in a sleeve instead of uh, like rolled up so that was nice 
Yeah. So the other surprise that they that they gave us was like the actual footage, trailer footage that they that they showed, um, and then they released later on. So, uh, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen this footage, you know, watch it and then listen to us talk about it here. <laughs> um, or if you don't want any te- any spoilers, I mean, it's just a teaser. But um, what was the? I mean, the big shocker that we you know that we saw was an image of Ray. And she's got this dual lightsaber that kind of unfolds. Yeah, so it starts like a tuning fork. Um, yeah. But you can so, obviously tell that like her red saber is not stable. Yeah. Like it looks. It had kinda, the same. Eff- it had the same effect as Kylo's right. uh, blade. Yeah. So it's like a dual. Like it looks like a tuning fork, and then she swings it, and it looks like Darth Maul's dual right, saber. Yeah. In two different directions. Yeah, and directions. and it's not that she's just holding a saber. She's like in full Sith garb. Right, she has yeah, a cloak exactly. or or the the hooded, yeah. And then her eyes are a different color too. I don't it know. Might if have that's just been just the, the reflection yeah. of the blade, but <laughs> yeah. it could have been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it just, that was the that was the big surprise because I mean the other stuff was just like you know explosion here, flying the Millennium Falcon there, you know, and then of, yeah, like stuff. Kylo and Rey fighting on the remains of the Death Star too. So. Right, right, exactly. But but then you know that last little bit there. There was also yeah. um, red-eyed C-3PO. So, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. So what was that about? John Boyega, he was joking afterwards about um, most people are going to be concerned about seeing Darth Ray, um, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't. Uh, they should be more concerned about um, <laughs> C-3PO. Th- C-3PO being red-eyed. Like, what's going on with that? And my theory there is that he might be in some type of diagnostics mode. Um, because, uh, like if you recall, sometimes his memory is not always, um, all there, but he and R2-D2 have been through the entire saga. Um, so like his, his memory is spotty. So they might be trying to dig into his memory, uh, to understand like the past. Wow. Mm. Yeah. What happened to the red arm, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing. Like, um, we're probably gonna figure out, and if that is a diagnostics mode, like what happened, who repaired him, or exactly. it could be a completely different protocol droid. We have no idea. Yeah, it could be a misdirection there too. That's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, that pretty much ended the whole Star Wars part. Um, and then they, you know, you would think, okay, what can top Star Wars? Well. <laughs> Um, how about Kevin Feige? Yeah. <laughs> and the MCU. <laughs> and the MCU. So, yeah, the next up was Marvel. And um, obviously, they brought Kevin Feige onto the stage. And um, one thing that, I, that you know, Nelson and I noticed, or we all noticed, was his hat that he was wearing had a Black Widow logo on it. Yes. Um, so, what did you guys think of that, of that hat? I mean, showing the logo. Did you, did you have a suspicion something was going to happen with Black Widow? Well, I was really hoping he was going to bring ScarJo on stage. Oh, me too. <laughs> really yeah, me hoping. Too. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Well, I think they're still in, in production, aren't they? Well, yeah. Like, they sh- they ended up showing a clip of, like, yep. behind-the-scenes stuff. And, like, one scene that they showed was, like, ScarJo um, and then the actors for the, um, the Elena, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 Elena, yeah. And then... Um, What's the the red command? Pa- uh, red patriot or red, red whatever? 
What's his name? Yeah, the the, the basically the Captain America of oh, USSR. Russia, yeah. 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 I but yeah, the name David of Harbour, the character. David Harbour's yeah. character. Yeah. So there they seemed like they were like they were green screening in a helicopter. <laughs> right. And then they ended up talking to the audience like, "Sorry, we couldn't be there, but, you know, we're actually filming still." <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate so. because um uh, 2 years ago uh when Infinity War had just wrapped, we all knew that they were filming Infinity War and then part 2 right after they were right. filming back to back. So we didn't anticipate them to have the entire cast show up. Um and literally the entire cast showed up. So I was a little hopeful that ScarJo would still like roll out, be like, haha, just kidding, I'm here. Um, <laughs> That'd be so sweet. Yeah. But no. I think they're <laughs> I think they're on location though. Um Well they were in lo- on, they them. were on location in um in Georgia and they all flew out literally oh, for that well, day and then flew back. True. So they do do things like that. Yeah. yeah. So. But I think she hers was harder because they were in London. I think. Yeah, they were in London so. for, mm-hmm. for that. Um, so, yeah, they showed a big, like, apparently, or pretty much a trailer. And yeah, we saw and, a glimpse and, of, uh, like, even a, a masked uh, Hawkeye. I remember seeing him on, like, a back of a truck. And then... Yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting, you know. And then there were, you know, uh, so... That was um, toward the end of the Marvel presentation. Um but like the first thing that Feige did was bring out Ryan Coogler. Um, so we're like, wow, cool. It's the director of Black Panther. And uh, they, they announced the date for um, Black Panther 2. And do um, you guys remember the date of that? May 6th, 2022. Yep, May 6th, 2022. So that was a big announcement, I guess. It was a big announcement. Well, so they <laughs> well were that trying, was the yeah. They were they were doing a, like a a little back and forth kind of thing for the audience. Like, can I can I reveal this? And he's like, no no no. Can yeah. can I re- reveal the title? No no no. And then eventually it was like, can I re- reveal the date? And he's like, yeah I guess. <laughs> so, like yeah. give us something. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. It's like are are they gonna give us anything? So I guess the date was the big reveal. I mm-hmm. I think it was more of just like we finally got a confirmation that yes we're getting. Um, a Black Panther 2 which was nice because of the the week before uh, D23 what happened with Sony and and Disney um, it was a bit of a relief that we know that there's a little bit more time between the need for the next Spider-Man movie since we just got a Spider-Man movie so mm-hmm. but like I mean I don't know if you guys heard the recent news but Sony is like completely backing out now right well they also said that the door's not closed completely so i anticipate that means they're gonna try to shoot a movie see how that goes if it fails then they're gonna go crawling back to disney so that is that's probably what's gonna happen i mean who wants another reboot you know like tom holland is spider-man now yeah yeah he was pretty torn up about it but i would be too yeah yeah uh, so, after Ryan Coogler, they um, announced that in November 2020, the movie The Eternals is going to be coming out. And, uh, of course, Feige had to bring out, like, most, if not all, of The Eternals onto the stage, right? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. 
Who was there? Was a couple missing, right? They were. I think not there. Gemma Chan was missing. Yeah, Gemma. That's right. Was, Gemma Chan uh, was not, not there. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of them were out there, um, including Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek. Yep. And then they also announced that Kit Harrington is going to play a role as a non-eternal. So they kind of gave gave what his role is going to be there. Yeah, yep. like I think it was the week before it was announced that. Kit Harrington was going to be involved in the MCU in some way, and we right, were all and we like, didn't know. like, "What is it?" Yeah, and then it was revealed. Yeah, at this panel, like he's going to be in. He's going to be part of the Eternals movie, but as a non-Eternal, like you just said. So I just want like all of the Game of Thrones actors to eventually be in the MCU. Yeah, because um, <laughs> the actor who played Rob Stark, he's going to be. Yeah, an Richard Eternal. Madden is going to be an Eternal. Um, if you recall. Uh, Arya Stark was supposed mm-hmm. to be in the Mutants movie. New Mutants. Yeah, yeah New that Mutants, they never yeah. released. Um, and then we have uh, Sansa as Dark Phoenix. So. Dark Phoenix, right. yep. But that was yeah. through the Fox acquisition. But oh, yeah. Technically <laughs> Disney. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's you're Disney right. now. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, they brought him out. They kind of introduced which Eternal they're going to play. They showed... Um, pictures behind them on the screen of what their costumes are going to look like as Eternals, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, So we kind of got a glimpse of what they're going to kind of look like. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. They, they, I don't think they had a, they didn't have a clip of it. No, they didn't didn't show anything. It's a bit too early. Yeah. The concept. Yeah, exactly. But I I thought that was cool that they, they brought them out on stage there. Yeah. Um, But I was actually more, starstruck like holy crap it's angelina jolie <laughs> right and right i knew like since she showed up there i'm like oh they're gonna talk about maleficent later so she's gonna show up that like she's guaranteed to show up there too yeah but, so it's uh, like i'm two jumping times, a- right? i'm jumping ahead yeah but, yeah <laughs> but when i saw her uh, like after have just seen a disney legends um ceremony i'm like one day one day she will end up a disney legend as well oh yeah it's yeah. it's bound to happen yeah exactly Exactly, especially now she's worked with Disney live action and she's worked with Marvel, so... Yep, I'm sure she's going to eventually lend her voice at some point, too. Yeah, definitely. Because she's done animation for DreamWorks or some some other um, animation before, so... Yeah, so she has the experience and uh, she'll get around to it, probably. (laughs) All right, so, I mean... We already talked about the Black Widow clip. They showed it to us right after the Eternals came on. Um, and that, that kind of ended the Marvel thing for us. Because, uh, yep. you know, they already earlier in the year, they re- announced the slated movies and things coming up. Yeah, so, at, at uh, uh, Comic-Con. Comic-Con, yeah, it was yeah. Comic-Con. So, I mean, they had to give us something for D23. Right, and it was it was nice that they just didn't reiterate what they had just released a month before. Um, so I was relieved that they actually had new content because that was one of, one of my big concerns that, so what are they going to do now? They just released all this information at Comic-Con. Right, because that was a lot of information. Yeah. So yeah, um, after Marvel, they moved into Disney Live Action Studios. And the first uh, movie that they introduced was Jungle Cruise. <laughs> And, um, of course, they had to bring out The Rock first. Oh, that was so <laughs> <laughs> Yep. On a boat, yeah. On a like, boat. 
that was cool. What do you guys think of the boat? Was that a too much over the top? Oh heck no! No, it's the rock. Yeah. It's the rock, right? He has to. He make has to make entrance. his own entrance. I know? thought it was going to be a bigger boat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bigger boat. I mean, like realistically, to to carry that amount of mass, <laughs> you kind of need a bigger boat. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson is a massive man. So. He's Maui. Come on. Yeah, yeah. He's a demigod. A demigod. <laughs> But not to put down the actual Mary Poppins. Yeah, for yeah, real. That's, that's true. Because <laughs> then, yeah, later on, they brought out Emily Blunt in her fancy car. I wanted her to chauffeured. come. I wanted her to come down from the ceiling. Oh, I oh, know. On an umbrella, been. that would have been yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've been yes. like, oh man, this is so much better than a boat. <laughs> yeah. And she, yeah, that would have been a grander entrance, right? <laughs> than his. So yeah, with um, with the Jungle Cruise, they had um, two different cut type of trailers. Um, one was from the Rock's perspective of his character, and then the second one was Emily Blunt's perspective. She kind of like came in just so she could say, "Hey, are you guys for real?" <laughs> you know, like they left. They made her look like. She was at the damsel in distress, right? Right. Not just that, and like it was mainly focusing on uh, uh, the rocks, like footage. Right. Uh, exactly. And then, like in the when it showed the trailer, it was like big letters, Dwayne Johnson, and then Emily Blunt. Small letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then for Emily Blunt, they went big letters, Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt, and then and Dwayne then small letters, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> So, it was um, it was a lot of fun like put back and forth banter. It was it was a lot of fun watching them. So what do you think the do you think the movie is going to be a commercial success given the two stars here? I hope so. Yeah, I think they had to bring in big stars just to try and make it a draw. Yeah. Because I mean, sure like the the ride is fun, but I don't know how popular it was going to be like as a movie. So I I think the draw power was and behind it was to use like uh, really high level actors. I just, yeah. I think it's interesting that like Dwayne Johnson picked another movie like this because he exactly. had just come off of Jumanji. Right. Um, yeah, and he's got a second one and too. He, yeah, he has a second one. So I'm concerned for like casual viewers that don't really understand Disney um, that they're going to get a confused and be like, wait, this isn't Jumanji. What's going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, Jumanji has Kevin Hart. Right, so. right, but um, it, it's still a jungle kind of feel of a of a movie. So I'm hoping that it's unique enough and that the release times are separate enough um, that people can treat it as its own. Um, right. Because I'm actually really excited for this movie. Um, looking at all of the live action movies that I've seen, I think the only one I've skipped um, recently was Dumbo and oh, yeah. um, A Wrinkle yeah. in Time. Um, and those were mainly because uh, either the critics panned it or I just didn't have time. Um, so I, I'm really excited for, for this since it's it's an original idea, finally. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, they did. I think they talked about Artemis Fowl. Did they, did they talk about that? No, they didn't. Or Okay, but they, they did show like a little, like, well, I think that was at the very start when um, yeah, Alan yeah, Horn he, came out. And yeah, he when was Alan talking Horn came about out, like yep. 
I know, like, the, we, there's, like, a lot of stuff that w would be happening with Fox, but we couldn't prepare it enough. Like, we didn't have enough time to prepare that stuff to show at this behind-the-scenes panel, so they didn't want to talk about it. But okay. Artemis Fowl is a uh, Disney. Uh, yeah, it's a Disney one. That's why I was thinking, like, maybe oh, they were going to show it. Oh, I thought that was it, under Fox. But... Nope. Okay. Yeah, they... yeah, that one's coming out under Disney, but I, I think that's one of the ones that they slate to fail, kind of like A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. You know? Which is yeah. unfortunate because they could make a lot of money off of it. It's a series. It's right, a book series, right? It, I actually, that was like, I'll admit that that was a, the three, like the book series I actually read. Oh, <laughs> nice. Over Harry I, I even, Potter? Yeah. I, well, there's only three. Yeah. At least at the time, there was only three. I don't know if they added more, but uh, I actually read up through Eternity Code. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for Artemis Fowl. Um hopefully it does well i don't know we'll see because i mean that's another original thing it's not really it's based on a book you know but mm -hmm. not like a a rehash of a, or a re re-showing or retelling of something that's already been done so um but back to the um the whole the rock uh jungle cruise thing um, they tried that with the star power before with the haunted mansion and eddie murphy right with eddie murphy yeah yeah, and that that one kind of tanked. It bombed. Um, yeah, that. What do, you, the, what do you think about that? That story, it didn't lend enough to. I, I felt like they were dancing around the ride. Um, okay. But it, if you if you think about it, like they succeeded with the pirate series. Yeah, um, they did. I wanted to mention like yeah, maybe because Haunted Mansion was yeah, like you just said, it's based more too much on the ride, but Pirates is more like just the theme right of the ride and it definitely isn't like associated well it, i don't want to say associated but well they they implemented the movie into the ride yeah um, so I, I i the thing i find hard about the haunted mansion movie um is that instead of creating a, a really fleshed out backstory of like why there's like 999 ghosts in this one mansion um right they focus on a family going into it as a haunted mansion already. Right. Um, they could have like had a really, really good period piece and like gone into detail of like why this is what it is because the, um, the Hollywood tower hotel, um, movie, it was a, like a ABC movie. I think I thought that I think was, was direct to video. Yeah. It was a direct to video yeah. and that was done really well too. So I love Diedrich Bader. Yeah. So I, I think, it was a missed opportunity. Um, they were trying to stay too close to the ride. Um, and like, they were trying to keep both camps happy, you know, mm. so to speak. Um, yeah. So that, that one struggled, but there has been success with, with, a, a ride to movie kind of thing with pirates. So based on the, the footage that we saw here at the BTS panel for jungle cruise, what do you guys think? Do you think it's gonna, it's gonna do well? based on you know what you've seen i think so yeah it definitely looked interesting enough and i, I mean <laughs> in all honesty it could be because of my bias because i actually do enjoy the ride and right. I mean, for one i it's dwayne johnson's in the movie so uh, that that's definitely a draw for me so yeah i exactly. think it'll do i think it'll do fine i think so too i actually think that it's um it, it's got an interesting enough story it's not too close to jumanji and uh it's not too close to the jungle cruise ride either 
although they do bring some elements of the jungle cruise ride into it because looking at the trailer you see how he's like a riverboat captain guy yeah he's like a tourist but yeah also kind of a hoax because right like, right yeah and i mean they, but he also shows the backside of water exactly so they <laughs> they do show some things some elements from the ride in the movie but it's not wholly about the move about the ride or you know totally apart from the ride so mm-hmm. that's what i like about it so yeah let's uh let's talk about the next thing um like you mentioned earlier nelson uh, angelina jolie was there so they brought her out again and it was for this time it was for maleficent the mistress of all evil um which is coming up soon um in october yeah. in october this year yeah so um they did a, they did a q a with angelina jolie but she also happened to bring out a couple of her friends too or people that were in the movie uh michelle pfeiffer and Elle fanning and they also brought out um what's the name chewatel edge who played the who is the voice of scar in the latest live action um uh, lion king yeah so he what also you... played that one rogue uh well last rogue um like mystic guy from doctor strange right oh yeah yeah that guy he did play him he plays bad guys a lot huh <laughs> well i mean i guess <laughs> he must be typecasted i, I don't know um uh, so like maybe it's the you... accent <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean the you know they they seem to do that to British people. <laughs> so, uh, wh- what did you guys think of this um, bringing up Angelina and all them and doing a Q and A? Uh, Rissa, what do you think? Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I kind of wish that they kept it moving though, because there was just so much content, um, and it felt like they were slamming me over the head with content because I knew right. that there was still animation to come. Yeah, um, yeah. So at that point, I, I hit a little of a lull, and I'm like, come on, just show me the clip already. <laughs> oh, yeah, just skip the Q&A and just show the clip, right? Yeah. What did you think, Nelson, of this uh, little Maleficent thing? Well, I mean, again, I was uh, kind of just starstruck that Angelina Jolie was there, and then, you know, even Michelle Pfeiffer showed up, and... Yeah, the, all, everyone who just showed up on stage, I was like, oh my gosh, they're just all right there. So I don't remember much about what they were talking about because I was just fascinated by the fact right. that they were all right there. Um, but in all honesty, um, all the clips and you know that they showed, it it wasn't anything new. Okay. Like, they had okay. released. They had already released that in a trailer. I think a week or two before, anyway. Right. So they didn't show anything too new, and I mean, I already saw. And I I got I already understand the what seems to be the premise, where um, Aurora wants to you know get married, but um, Maleficent's not okay with it. But then right. this the new adopt the the human mom or the queen is trying to you know force a Maleficent out, and then turns out Maleficent has this her her race is now going to be involved, and now there's going to be a war. So I'm like okay, so yeah. I could see where this is going, but yeah, that's um, yeah, that's pretty much the whole <laughs> like the premise of the story there. Well, what, um, from what we can at yeah, least decipher or seen. interpret yeah. from the footage that was shown, so just but have to yeah. wait and see for the movie. But uh, I mean, I'll still watch it. Riz, are you going to watch it too? 
I mean, yeah. Okay. I might watch it. I'm a completionist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to finish off the story, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, they moved on from that. They moved to Mulan. And I know that um, it's been a little bit polarized. That's like a, a topic or a movie that people are... They're, they're kind of... Um, there's like one camp where they're, they really like the idea that it's following more to the, the actual Chinese tale. And then there's the other camp where they're like, why, don't, why is there no Mushu? You know? Okay, so it, within myself, I'm polarized at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Because on one hand, I'm like, yes, it's, it's very good that they're sticking to the legend. It's very good that they're doing all this other stuff um, and trying to stay true to it. Um, but then on the other hand, I see that, like, there's still, it's not truly sticking to the legend from what I've right. seen. Um, they're still making caricatures of, of characters. Um, they're, they're making it like a Kung Fu movie when it shouldn't be. Um, so they're, they're departing from enough things that it's upsetting to me, but then they're still trying to be authentic at the same time. Um, so to me, it, I'm afraid that this movie is going to fall flat, um, uh, because they're trying to please too many people at once. So it's kind of like what you were talking about with the Eddie Murphy movie, the haunted mansion, where they're trying to please two camps and over here, they're kind of trying to do that too, where they're not going all out documentary and they're not going all out like blown out of proportion type of deal right well i wouldn't want them to do like documentary style because you know it's still a tale it's a story it's a legend um but they've stylized it in in the way of a modern kung fu movie like it's like a cross between um like a, a chinese opera kind of style with with the family drama going on with mm-hmm. and crouching tiger hidden dragon okay um okay and they didn't really pick, in my opinion, the Mulan doesn't act well. <laughs> she can definitely, well, like, hold her own with a sword and all the stunts. But, like, her acting compared to everybody else, it just seems to fall flat. Well, I mean, when they did cast her, I kind of researched who the actress was. And apparently she's one of the worst actresses in China. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I guess they were going for looks is what they were trying to do, but I don't know. Yeah, and then the other thing that I kind of struggle with was when I saw the casting sheet, um, because they they had open call for auditions before, um, and admittedly, I considered it, even though I'm not Chinese. Right. The reason why um, I looked at it, uh, they, they said, must be able to speak Mandarin or Cantonese, and in none of the clips were they speaking any chinese dialect or language yeah seriously seriously i was like where's the mandarin where's the cantonese yeah so i'm like you could have cast like an asian american or somebody else that knows what they're doing so so what did you think nelson about the mulan here well i'm kind of in the same camp where i like what i saw but i also didn't like it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. liked and disliked it. Uh at war. Right. Yeah, so uh, cuz I mean when I saw it, I mean the action looked great, but mm-hmm. then that just like Rissa was saying, it just reminded me of a just a Chinese 
you know, fighting movie. And then, um, I, I mean, this is the Disney version, so I don't understand why they wouldn't want to still keep it Disney yeah. in the sense of like incorporate you know, music or yeah, something. incorporate music or have Mushu. <laughs> yeah, yeah <at> least, <laughs> and I mean, like dragon. from what we were also kind of we talked about it before too is like sure, there's no Shang. But there's still a character that still has like that same love interest purpose. So right. like, why if that's the case, then why didn't they just use Shang? <laughs> yeah. As you know, from from the animated, like, so I mean, yeah, I've, I'm interested to see what how they pull it off, and you know, like, just to see the movie. But I'm also questioning like, why did they go in this direction to begin with? But well, so I always struggle when I don't want to be that person that's like I see a white director and I'm like you're trying to appropriate a culture (laughs) but when they brought up the director I'm like you're not you're not Chinese and you're trying to tell a Chinese tale I'm like there could have been another Chinese director that it wouldn't feel disingenuous um, because there are plenty of Chinese directors that are Oscar winners, you know? Yeah. Like, you could definitely. have brought in somebody to tell this legendary tale and it to come from somebody's actual culture and can can translate it to a new generation, you know? Um, that's what I find issue with because it, even though it's like... It's not that she's white. It's that she's not Chinese, so it's she's always going to have to play catch-up, you know? Um, uh. so it's not her own culture. Like that, that's why it, it's hard for me to, to see that. Um, like for me, if, if, if it were a Filipino tale, I would want a Filipino director because they would have a certain vision cause it's coming from their culture already, you know? So yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. There's a certain Definitely. connection that they're not going to want something to fail. So they'll, they'll do whatever they can to make it right and tell a a genuine story coming from their perspective so yeah i think that's what they did with the like the the director for crazy rich asians right exactly all all the writers and everybody involved came from that type of culture so they were they were able to to tell a true story um true to the books enough um even though it was an adaptation and um it didn't come off as like you know a caricature of, of an asian culture even though it's some big blown out of por- proportion kind of extravagant movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So the yeah, family they, values were still there. That and I mean, for us, they're definitely relatable. But yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but no, yeah, no, they, yeah, no disrespect to to the director. Like it's it's just a different perspective, and I I I generally hope that like she studied well and that it tells a a really good story but i think that's one of the things that we saw issues with um with say pocahontas and the original mulan movie um the native native americans had issue with how they told how disney told the pocahontas story because it it wasn't true to true to history and with the animated mulan movie it, some some cultures felt it was too much of a departure from the actual story. So right. Disney's here trying to write that, but are they really? <laughs> so 
That is the question. So, I mean, based on... Because they did show us a clip and it was her meeting the matchmaker um, and how it turned into a mess. Uh, what did you guys What did you guys think when you saw it? Was it... Do you, I don't know. I Because we're not from that culture, but what did you think of it, I guess? Story-wise, visual-wise, however you saw it. What did you think, Rissa? Visually, it was appealing. Um, Story-wise, I think it was very similar to the animated movie, so I don't really see them correcting much there mm-hmm. um it it was a short clip so i i'm not really i don't really want to judge the movie based on like a short clip uh but it it was it was visually stunning it, it looked good um the acting needed a bit more but that's just my opinion what did what did you think nelson well the the showcase for acrobatics by mulan was pretty fun to watch Right. She was trying to save all the teacups and yeah. pots before, you know, they cracked and or fell and cracked. But, you know, with Mulan's luck, it, it still fell on the floor. Uh, and she was she was just trying to save her sister. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, the sister is definitely a new character. That's a departure from the original animated. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was I thought it was entertaining. And um, I mean, it, the the scene overall pretty much stayed true or is similar to the original animated so that's you know they're making the connection to that there although they did feed right directly into like uh fazu getting his uh summons to the you know uh, yeah to be the army yeah yeah which they probably just wanted to save time and just combine those two scenes yeah that was probably the case there um So yeah, that was Mulan. Uh, they wrapped it up with that scene. They showed a little bit, a few, like a little short trailer thing um, that had some cutscenes or a few of the, the, the scenes from the movie. And um, then they moved into a little short thing for Cruella, which is going to be the backstory behind Cruella DeVille. And um, they, they played a message from Emma Stone, uh, who's going to be playing Cruella. Uh, she was saying, you know, she was sorry she couldn't be there and all that and that she hopes that we enjoyed you know that we're going to enjoy the movie and she uh, was still even like acting in character because there right. was like a <laughs> supposedly a dog was there but it was off screen and she mm-hmm. was getting mad at it cuz she was looking at her <laughs> yeah so yeah. i mean i guess she was still in character for Coella while filming that or that was done on purpose you know so yeah then then they um then they gave us um, an image, like a picture of um, Emma Stone in costume. Right. So what do you guys think of the costume? Uh, Nelson, what do you think? Uh, well, the, she, you know, it's um, her adaptation or I guess uh, interpretation of uh, Cruella. She still had the black and white, you know, color scheme going on, half and half. And a crazy hairstyle. Um, she was going off for the... Uh, I don't want to say dominatrix, but, uh, I, for, I don't know the proper term, but she was, you know, holding those two, like, pit bulls, or, or not pit bulls, like, pincher Dober, uh, Doberman Dobermans. pinchers. Yeah. And, you know, kind of looked pretty badass with that. So, definitely want to look like she was the boss and in, in charge there. Yeah. So, what did you think of the image, Rissa? Oh, I thought it was striking. I thought it was really good. Um, and I'm looking forward to this, uh, cause I've always thought Cruella DeVille, um, 
need some love in the in the Disney uh, universe. Like they had two hundred one live action movies, but it didn't really flesh out her character. So it's nice that they're they're finally giving the villains a turn. Um, so hopefully, if this goes well, they can go to my favorite villain, which is Ursula. Ooh, right. That'd be and nice. I, I, mean, I remember Rissa brought it up before. Is like for Disney, like why don't they start making live action movies with like the like of villains? And they're sure they've done Maleficent so far, and they're about to do Cruella. But you know, hopefully, they could do more later. Like she said, like Ursula, maybe even Gaston. You know, so more movies just based off of the villains. Yeah, that would be nice. That we get something a little bit more original than just. Uh, remaking the live actions yeah I mean, the uh, animations oof, yeah so yeah um so that that kind of wrapped up the live action studios and they moved right into the animation studios so obviously they're they have split it into pixar and then they also split it into the disney animations well disney animation studios um so the first thing they brought out was uh pete doctor who is the head of pixar um and he talked. He was saying that there are going to be two upcoming movies for 2020. Uh, those movies are Onward and Soul. Um, the first thing that they inter- that he talked about was the movie Soul, and they brought out the creative team onto the stage, um, and they they kind of went over like the whole premise of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because like, I think before it was just they just revealed the title, right? Right, and the yeah, yeah. the title card. Right, that's all we knew about the movie. We didn't yeah, know so anything this, about yeah, it. Other exactly. Than that. Yeah, this gave us a little bit more in-depth glimpse into what the movie's about. I believe he's the director of this film as well. Oh, wow. Oh, is he really? P-Doctor? Yeah, I think he he was part of the creative team, and he was talking about how this is a movie that he's directing. Well, that's good. I mean, I always love the P-Doctor movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, you know... They, they, I don't know if we want to give the little plot of it, but they, uh, they eventually brought out the, the like some of the cast of their, including including uh, Questlove and Jamie Foxx, and they also brought out um, Tina Fey. So, those are a few of the names that are going to be in this movie. Yep. Yeah, the the thing that really got me about this movie is um, one of the aspects of Pixar movies that I always feel is lacking um, is the music because uh, yeah. it, it doesn't always play a central role in in their films, um, aside from Coco, of course, which was centered on music. Um, right. That that movie, Coco, was one of the first ones that like really connected with people um, because it, it had culture and also music, which is embedded in in mexican culture um so the the fact that this movie is about jazz and you know a person's soul really um like the moment he started playing the jazz music like i got chills because you know i'm a music minor um and jazz is my thing so i was like oh i'm totally gonna watch this movie (laughs) yeah i looked over at you when uh they were playing the clip, and I was just like, "Oh, she's probably gonna, <laughs> she's gonna watch this yeah. definitely." Yeah. So, it, like, when they when they talked about who's gonna be doing the music, I was like, I looked over and I was like, "Oh, Rissa loves this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once once they said jazz, I'm like, "Oh yeah." That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, but 
the fact that they also have um, the comedy power of Tina Fey, um, it, it's definitely going to be a, a movie to watch. I find it interesting that they, 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 they brought Amy Poehler over and then they brought Tina Fey over. So it's like, you know, they're bringing these big time comedians in here. I think that uh, there should be a crossover there. I agree. I mean, they're both Pixar movies, right? I mean, and they deal with the inner workings of somebody. Yeah, this is true. Okay. So I would like to see a tag team between the two of them. Well, so like (laughs) in the quasi kind of nebulous timeline of of Pixar, there's that meta theory, you know, with the Pixar theory, right? The Pixar theory. Everything is related. That everything's connected. So who's to say that this Tina Fey soul isn't actually Riley? Oh, oh yeah there we go wow hey <laughs> so yeah, could be 22. a thing right? yeah yeah that's pretty cool yep so so yeah pretty much uh yeah that was sold they were introduced that they brought some of the cast out the music is going to be centralized in this thing and then uh of course then they they talked about the second movie which is onward um i know rissa they they talked they like introduced it in the last d23 right right and then in this one they gave us a little bit more stuff you know again they brought out the producer and the director um and they talked about it going to be coming it's going to be coming out march 2020 so that's coming out first before soul and yeah they introduced the characters ian and uh and barley lightfoot who are the brothers and then they they're in a magical world that doesn't do magic anymore and they lost their father um who he, like their father died and so now they're on a quest and they kind of showed us like, like eight minutes worth of the movie that sets up the quest basically right mm-hmm. um other than that they they also brought in three of the stars of the movie tom holland um they brought chris pratt out and they also brought julia louis dreyfus onto stage who's going to be the mom she's gonna play the mom of the two uh, so what do you guys think when they uh when they brought them out reunion yeah that's the first thing i thought of of like it's it's uh spider-man and star lord on stage <laughs> i think they kind of mentioned that right like they were buddies in space and now they're buddies on the film yeah. on the uh, as yeah. elves yeah this magical world yeah it's like, I, I, it's like a buddy buddy thing i thought it was cool that they they made that connection um tom kind of he he ended the his portion of the panel <laughs> um and it almost made everybody cry because he basically said and i love you guys 3000 so oh spider-man it, it like it like <laughs> broke us all up inside because clearly he was he, he he mentioned how it was a hard week um oh yeah but he's like this is definitely a highlight of my week having you know gone through what i just did um but i love you guys 3000 so that that was that was like oh come back don't leave us did you get some like a somber vibes from him yeah definitely yeah he was definitely like not i mean he was still cheerful and he was still you know tom holland but you could tell something was kind of bothering him yeah he wasn't his true cheerful self exactly that's how i felt too when i saw him and he was talking i was like something's wrong with tom yeah poor tom but yeah i mean uh it seemed like Chris Pratt was there to support him too, though. Yeah, you know? it it was nice that that he had his his friend there. Um, mm-hmm. But about onward, it looks really good, and yeah. uh, they actually surprisingly gave us posters for for that. 
Yes. Yeah, so the the onward poster is you know, it's like a blue jean jacket with with patches on it. Kind of like I mean, this is this is a lot inspired by the 80s. Right. Um, so, you know, like the, the 80s style van and then and then they have that jean jacket with the patches. Yeah, it's Chris um, Pratt's so the, character. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. Pratt's character. The elder um, of the two brothers. Right. So, yeah, that's that's the poster that we got and it's embossed too, like, you know, the lettering's raised and they have some patches raised, so it's pretty cool. I like the feeling of it. It's on the good cardstock and all that. Yeah, it's it's so. nice because it's like the higher quality um because I think you had a an onward poster giveaway from the Pixar booth, but those were not as nice. Oh, right. yeah, we didn't those, even get them. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even redeem it because we're like, we already have this nicer one anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the but at the Pixar booth, they did they did have the onward van there, so you could have a photo op if you wanted to. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I think the was the van named Luna? Uh, I don't remember. I forgot what he named her, but Yeah. It was some she did epic have a name. name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Basically, yeah, that was that was Pixar. They they showed those two movies. They used up a lot of time describing it, you know, and then showing eight minutes worth of Onward. Well, um, they showed an eight an original or one eight minute clip, and then to close it out, they showed like an extra two minutes. Yeah, of a so different it's like scene. Ten minutes worth of Onward, basically. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of good good content we saw. I I do like the the premise though. Like you know, the magic's gone, and they're trying to actually bring it back you know so yeah, yeah and and i believe like he the the director even mentioned like uh he was relating it to his own personal experience with his dad so yeah it he was pretty emotional about it and i believe rissa mentioned that he was even crying last time he he uh announced it on the last d23 yeah he he basically said the the same spiel about you know it's a personal story it's really close to him mm-hmm. um because growing up, he had that difficulty of not having a father and having to deal with that with his brother and his, you know, his his mom. So I think he's the Ian in the story um, mm. because he has an older brother. Um, or he might be the older... I don't remember whether he's the older brother or the younger brother. But they, they had to deal with it as a family of, of having lost their father at a young age. Um, and, yeah, growing up without a dad. So, um Obviously, it it's something close to him, and I think it's going to be an amazing movie because any time uh, a creative mind has, you know, something so strong to draw on, it something beautiful always happens. Right. It it reminded me kind of uh, of that PCN that we did. Remember, Sa? where it was like Adriel wrote the story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he related to his own experience. So you know, I, I see I see a little parallel there. So yeah, that was that was onward, and then um, uh, after that they moved into Walt Disney Animation Studios. So Jennifer Lee is the other um, co. What is what is that again? She's the chief creative officer for the Walt Disney Animation Studios. Um, so she brought on people to talk about Raya and the Last Dragon. So this was something I I didn't even know was in the works. Uh, did you guys know about this at all? I did, uh, because they released a title card before. Okay. Right? But that's it. I was it. about to say, the. 
I th- we saw the sneak peek of like when they started the panel overall. Right. I saw one title card I hadn't seen before. I'm like, ooh, that's probably going to be something new. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to yeah. talk about. So yeah, I other than that title card at the beginning, I didn't know about this movie. And have you you so you you saw t- that title card earlier, even earlier, Risa? Yeah. Um. When I was looking into like what what Pixar or what Walt Disney Animations was was uh, working on. Mm. Um, I only knew of the name. I had no idea what it was about. And I was like, huh, okay. that's weird. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what did you, what do you guys think? I mean, they, <laughs> they brought out Adele Lim, uh, who did work on crazy rich Asians, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you guys, uh, what do you guys think of the story? It's, uh, it's based in, based off of Southeast Asian culture. Um, you know, they, they actually went out to like Malaysia and Southeast Asia to get, inspiration for this movie um it's it takes place in a mythical type of earth um it's that's called kumandra so it's you know it's it's a whole earth built by dragons and type of deal um Mm -hmm. legend legend type of stuff uh so what do you guys think of of them basing it on you know southeast asian culture uh, Rissa, what'd you Finally. Think? Oh, Nelson, you think it was it was like about time, right? That's that's yeah. what I was. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking because we like we only ever had Mulan. <laughs> and, right. I mean, it's arguable, quote unquote, about like and, and we have two movies on the Pacific Islanders. We have, you know, Lilo and Stitch and mm-hmm. Moana. I'm like, we need another actual just Asian <laughs> representation, you know, and like. Oh, once they actually announced Raya, well, what, like, the premise even of Raya in The Last Dragon, I'm like, oh, finally, we get another one. So, yeah, I was pretty happy about that. So what are your thoughts, Risa, on uh, Raya and The Last Dragon here? Oh, I think I, I literally said, finally! Um, <laughs> because, like, yeah, there's so much rich culture in Southeast Asia, um, and it can be visually stunning. Like, the clip that they showed, like, I believe myself, Kay, and Nelson were all like, is this real? Like, because they completely mastered water. Water. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely. There, the, the clip was like rain and like yeah. it looked like real rain. And, and like the way the water interacted with the environment, I didn't know it was animation until you actually saw the character's face. Because like even right. the hands with the sheen of the water, I was like, man, they're getting really good at this. So, oh, yeah. so I, I didn't even know what the animation was going to look like, like, cause it looked like it was something out of a video game. Like it was that crisp and clean. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the, the stylistic choices of, of the characters was unique, um, because it wasn't completely following, uh, the way that Tangled and Frozen kind of look. It was unique to this, this story. Um, and I'm looking forward to it cause it, the, the way they built the world, it kind of reminded me of, um, like, Avatar The Last Airbender kind of story, mm. kind of, like, with different kingdoms and different dragons and whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a, a unique story, and it's going to be really, really exciting and interesting. Yeah, so, they, yeah, they showed us that first look of the, of Ryan, The Last Dragon. Then right after that, they brought out um, two cast Two people who are going to be in the cast, they brought Raya, who's played by Cassie Steele. And they also brought Sisu the Dragon, played by Aquafina. And everybody went crazy, right? Oh, yeah. She's, she's amazing. In, in, including me. Yeah. <laughs> I flipped out. 
so yeah what um what do you guys think of um her talking about being uh the dragon well i mean she was definitely pretty enthusiastic about it and um i was just so so ready to like i want to see this movie yeah, so bad right yeah. now <laughs> just it definitely hyped it up well so it just from like the little clip that we saw and then who was announced to be voice actors in it yeah the the way that they also um show sisu is is interesting because it's she's not always a dragon Right, they did show concept of her actually being in a human form. Yeah, so that's pretty I, interesting. I think it's the the lore that they're telling is is really interesting, and it's going to be a really rich story. I hope, from what I've seen. Yeah, so I mean, that's I'm actually really looking forward to this movie as well. Um, it was it was a surprise for me because I was like, I didn't expect that to be coming, and I was like, wow, okay, now I want to see this. So. All right, so the the other movie, the second movie that they talked about um, in this panel was uh, Frozen 2. And we already knew about this movie, that it was going to be coming out. And, it's slated um, this year. Yeah, it's slated for this year, November 22nd, 2019. Um, so yeah, they brought Chris Buck, Buck on stage to talk about, about it. Um, and he was saying, you know, the stories like, why does Elsa have her powers and... Um, what is going on? Why does Anne not have her pow- any powers? And what's going on in the past? And so they- yeah, that's that was their reasoning for why they decided to make a a, a Frozen two. But you know, right. I'm I'm thinking like sure, that's objectively that makes sense. Cha-ching. But also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the cash cow. They they want to milk the cash cow. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I mean, it's that's how they're setting up. I guess the story for this uh, for this movie, it's like the mm-hmm. past is coming back for the present, basically. Um, then they introduce Anna and Elsa's mother, the queen. Like she mm-hmm. has a little bit of a part in this, and uh, she's actually going to be played by Evan Rachel Wood. If you guys have watched Westworld, um, she's in that basically. Um, so they also. Uh, brought out Sterling K. Brown because he's going to have a role as Lieutenant Matthias. So uh, what did you guys think of those like two characters and the clips that they showed of those two characters? Rissa, what did you think? Uh, I'm always in awe of Evan Rachel Wood's singing voice because I, I, you, I, you tend to forget that she was in Across the Universe and she can sing. Um, yeah. So when she sang, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Yeah, it's like a surprise. She yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, she has a beautiful voice, and uh, I thought she was a great addition to to the cast. Um, Sterling K. Brown is always amazing, um, so I'm I'm interested to see what his character is gonna be like. If he's gonna be kind of like a Hans, you know, just doing right. another. He's a good guy. Just kidding. Um, so hopefully they don't do that, and they actually have good storytelling, not just switching it up with a different you know same twist um yeah i i thought that it's it's an interesting movie um i don't know if it's necessarily needed um but yeah obviously we all had those questions especially with um the short that was like temporarily before i think it was i don't remember which movie it was um but they pulled it 
um, the the Frozen short with Olaf. Or, oh yeah, and it was like a really long thing. Yeah. In front of the movie, and we're like, I just want to see the other movie. Yeah. Right. So the there's um I don't think it was that short actually. It was a short where Elsa is Frozen Fever. Where right. she has okay. a fever. Celebrating um, Anna's birthday. Yeah. But. So th- in that one, I'm like, what What exactly are Elsa's powers? Because she, like, can control, like, lots of different elements. Like, oh, wow. she she was able to make a flower dress and, like, it was weird. I'm like, how does she not just only control the snow and ice and whatever? Um, so I'm like... That was one of the reasons why I was like, what's up with our powers? So. So this yeah. is going to like explore it, which is pretty cool. Hopefully it explains it. What did you think, Nelson, of, uh, you know, like the, the little clips that they showed of Evelyn Rachel Wood and uh, Sterling K. Brown? Well, I mean, they were definitely, they looked beautiful. And, um, yeah, the, it was the, the scene with the, the mom with the two younger Anna and Elsa was very like touching and heartwarming is she's like trying to put them to bed and singing right. them a lullaby for them. And then it like showed later how like Anna was trying to help like uh, Elsa calm down when she right. had some form of anxiety or something. And uh, she used the same method of their, her mom to calm her down. So it was a, it was a nice touching scene. And then of course they, um, they showed a clip of a little bit of uh, a new song by Elsa. And I'm like, this is very Let It Go-ish. <laughs> but then again, it's just like Adina Menzel's like just singing prowess is just so prominent, you know? Yeah, I was just like, so this was that, um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So this was that clip that they showed called Into the Unknown. Is that the one that we're talking about? Uh, yeah, just that one song featuring her singing. Yeah, I think that's the one where, you know, like, she hears the voice from outside, right. and mm-hmm. then she keeps hearing it and hearing it and gets louder, and then she ends up singing, right? Right. Yeah, so that's the that's the exclusive clip they showed us um, from the movie. Uh, that, I guess it was called Into the Unknown. It, it seemed like Kristoff was trying to propose to Anna, but he couldn't. <laughs> oh, well, that was the, the scene just before that. But Yeah, yeah right before they got into the, the song. Um, the, like. They were playing the, the charades. charades, yeah. Yeah, and he couldn't. He could. He. It seems like he was going to try to propose in this movie, right? Oh, definitely. He was definitely trying. He he was on his knee already, and the ring was out. And uh, I forget what exactly happened, but Anna, she's like, "Okay, good night." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just like went to bed, like, "Okay," then he missed a chance. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, after they showed that little clip and the song, they um they actually brought a lot of the cast of Frozen 2 onto stage. Well, the main cast. Um, I was flipping out. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, Kristen Bell, Josh Gad, you know, they, Adina Menzel. <laughs> um, so they sang a song called Some Things Never Change. And it's like the four of them, Chris, uh, Christoph's character, um, actor and all of them, um, the four, the other three. Uh, so what do you guys think of the song they sang? Uh, Rissa, what do you think? I thought it was good, and I was like, yay, finally Jonathan Groff gets to sing. That's right, Jonathan Groff is the name. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, Nelson, what do you think of, of the song, too? I was just, you know, dancing along with it. It was a very upbeat song, kind of similar to um, 
Love is an open door. Yeah, it kinda, remind, it, had, it gave me that. that similar feeling, but obviously it's not just uh, on or Kristen Bell singing, but it was all of them. And I mean, I, I it just never Adina never never ceases to amaze. I'm like, holy cow! Like she can freaking sing. So oh, yeah, just seeing it live, just seeing her live again because I was I was uh, fortunate enough to see one of her last performances as Alphaba in Wicked. Oh wow. So, I was just like, oh my gosh, she is so freaking good. So, yeah, just seeing her perform again live was phenomenal. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's that's how they ended the panel. I mean, they, they sang that song and the confetti started raining down from the ceiling. I was like, oh, this is it. This is the end. <laughs> yep. It was confetti of, like, maple leaves, I think. Yeah. They were, like, yeah, leaf-shaped. Leaf-shaped, leaf shaped, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was... um. I thought that was a good panel. Um, oh, I was I was fanboying out the entire time, pretty much. I think it was a it was just you know that was a great way to set up the rest of the the day. What do you think, Rissa? Uh, yeah, I was exhausted by that point. So. <laughs> That's very true. Like, oh. They were they were just like slapping us in the face with all these uh, reveals and um, you know artists and celebrities and whatnot. It was just so much to take in. Yeah, they were like, "How about this? How about this? How about this?" Ah! But then there's more. <laughs> but, but wait, wait, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a BTS panel. Um, so why don't we end the episode here and then we can do a part two to end you know the rest of the day two. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Well, in all honesty, there, there wasn't, wasn't much, much else that we did. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, there we did have a, ba- a blackish panel, and then you know, yeah. we did go buy some stuff. Yeah. I mean, it it was the blackish panel. I wouldn't really talk very much about it because they okay. didn't really um, reveal very reveal much anything. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But owing to the fact that I was so exhausted, um, we totally skipped the secret project panel because we oh, knew right. that it was the one day at Disney. Um, and I heard that that pa- which is a documentary series. Yeah, I heard that that panel wasn't that great. So what was that about? I mean, they 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 made they hyped it up. Oh, secret panel! They're gonna reveal something. Well, and then it's- I don't think they didn't purposely hype it up. It's just they called just for the sheer fact that it was a secret project. Yeah. And uh, they didn't announce it until literally the twenty second. Yeah. So so it made its own hype basically, right? Well, yeah. yeah. It, like anytime, people hyped it up themselves. Anytime so. it's Disney and it's secret, like of course, people are gonna be like, I wanna know what that is. So yeah. just What's in case, just in case, we gotta get our, our stage pass. So I felt that was a little bit of a waste for our stage pass, but Yeah, I felt like that was a cop out. Yeah. Um yeah, so the blackish mixed ish, um, grownish panel, they had what, like eighteen people or so oh, on stage? Every, like, Almost everybody. Um, and Anthony Anderson was late. He was. But it was a really it was a really well done panel because the the um moderator, um she does that type of thing for a living. Um okay. she's like a host on E, I think, or something like that. Yeah. I think yeah, it's like and you could tell she was a very good host. Yeah. yeah. She had everything flowing so nicely. Yeah, and she had she had a rapport with, with uh um what's her name? Um Tracy Ellis Ross. Um, because like she's been to their set so many times. So, so that was a good panel. Um, they didn't reveal any clips or anything like that. It was just more of a discussion. Um, 
especially with with Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony Anderson um, and the creative minds of each of those shows, because they essentially made um, a universe of of it, you know, in and of itself. Yeah, an ish universe. universe, Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was fun. It it like uh, hopefully I know you you two don't watch the shows, but um, I hope you guys thought it was interesting. I I actually thought it was pretty fun just to see all those characters or the the actors and actresses interact and yeah it was a it was a fun panel and in all honesty i'm kind of interested to see the shows now so. i found it interesting too um and it if it's actually available going to be available on disney plus then boom <laughs> i know i mean if yeah if they bring the abc shows on there that would be pretty cool um isn't it on it's on hulu right or so what or is it not the like the whole the ish universe I have no idea. I know it's it's originally on ABC, so. I mean, we could always stream it through ABC. Yeah. Um, but they got the commercials and all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But it, still, it's um, it's yeah, it's it's very interesting. I kind of want to watch it now because they do they do an episode where they go to Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they do I a whole VIP experience yeah. on that one. So, yeah, no, it's a Blackish is a great show. Um, I watch Grownish on on Freeform. Um, cause it's kind of like a mid season show. Um, and I'm definitely going to watch mixed dish when it, it comes out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that panel too. So, um, yeah, pr- like pretty much after that, there were no panels other than the Aladdin one that I went to, um, the, the musical journey of Aladdin. <laughs> that right. was the last panel then, of the day, basically, but we yeah, did me, go shopping, right? Yeah. Me. Rissa and Kay, we all went to, we stood in the standby line for Mickey of Glendale's, the show floor shop there. Yeah, we did Dream Store first, though, I think. We did. Oh, like, yeah, all of us we went did to Dream, Dream Store. Store. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, that one was only like a 20 minute wait. Yeah, that, that was quick. What do you guys think of the merchandise at Dream Store? Uh, I liked it. What do you guys think? Uh, Rissa, what do you think of the merchandise? It's pretty standard fare for each Dream Store um, experience that I've been to before. Uh, they whatever they publish online is exactly what they have in store except for the daily um exclusive that they're they're um advertising so i think that day it was the mandalorian stuff oh yeah that was a good mandalorian shirt what'd you think of the dream store um merchandise nelson uh i kind of agree in all honesty it didn't seem like anything truly spectacular that was there i mean sure they had shirts they had jerseys they had the lounge fly backpacks they had ears right so it just seemed like more of the you know standard merch that you could buy just branded d23 yeah exactly i mean the only thing that i bought was the mandalorian uh, d23 exclusive shirt for that day so and you got to wear it too yeah, I did wear it during our Labor Day weekend trip. So, and it's pretty cool because I mean, we're gonna be able to watch it on D twenty three. I mean, Disney Plus when it comes out. Right when it comes out. So, um, yeah, uh, I I like the merch too. Uh, Rissa, those are like ex- those were exclusive to the expo, right? Like the stuff that was selling in the Dream Store. Yes. And then, uh, what do you do? You know what happens to that stuff after you know, like they don't sell everything? Do they move it over to the parks? I have no idea. Because it would be pretty cool if we could find it somewhere. I've never seen them in the parks. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think we'd see D twenty those jerseys. I think those are just specific to the Dream Store. Okay. I would I would anticipate that they 
um, probably sell them or have offers to gold members that weren't able to make it to D twenty three Expo. They probably like have giveaways or whatever. Um, But yeah, I'm not a gold member, so I have no idea what they do with it afterwards. I was looking at Reddit, and some people were saying, "Oh, spotted D twenty three merch somewhere," and then they, I don't know where they, you know, they said it was, but it was somewhere. I mean, that very well could be just hawkers um, reselling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, resell. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that was a dream store, and you guys got into Mickey's of Glendale, which sell the, like, normally it's only available for cast members and the guests to get in. Uh, I um, think it's Imagineers, actually, just Imagineers. Oh, yeah? Just Imagineers? Yeah, that's... Well, their their merchandise is... Uh, it's geared toward him? Geared toward them, yeah. Yeah, because somebody in line told us that their friend is an Imagineer, and they only allow Imagineers into the, the dream, uh, Mickey's of Glendale store. Um, the one in, in Glendale, right? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I mean, it's physically attached to the animation studio, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're Imagineer, you can get into that Mickey's of Glendale, actually in Glendale. So this was our our, our chance to get into the store and buy some Imagineering gear. Um, what did you guys think of the merchandise? I know, Nelson, you really liked it. Oh, I was. I wish I could buy everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything was really great. Yeah, I mean, they had really cool jackets. They had really cool hats. Uh, I definitely got a jacket, a hat, and a shirt. Wow, nice. So, What did you end um, up getting, Rissa? I bought myself a shirt, um, and I got Dad a hat. Um, I totally would have bought that jacket, too, but ha- I had just dropped like 130 bucks on a jacket that weekend. So. <laughs> on a different booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so I, I was like, uh, I can't do this to myself. Yeah, it's a nice running jacket. It's very nice. And, I mean, it says Avengers Campus on it, so I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. You could borrow it if you want. Eh. <laughs> it's not the same. I know. So the, um, so the, what was it? Oh, so Mickey's of Glendale also had a second line just for pins. Um, oh, I guess they have a right. pins shop also. They do. Yeah, um, but by that point, every all the exclusives are gone. So, so the pins that they would be selling are non-exclusives. Like you can get them anywhere, or are they just no? Like, they're, for they're, also? they're to that store. But what I'm saying okay. is, they had a select limited release. Right. Um, so those are the ones that people line up over overnight for. Ah, okay. That we we didn't line up overnight, obviously, so we didn't get even get a chance to get those, right? Right. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really into that kind of you know all those pins. Yeah, and all, I so. don't I don't pin trade, yeah, so I, I wasn't I didn't care for. I'm it. not that intense, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all the pins that I have were gifted to me. <laughs> <laughs> I never bought a single pin. I mean, I have some cast member exclusive ones that I bought from the cast member store, but like mm. you know, other than that, it's like whatever I see is cool. I just okay, I'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, while you guys were over at Mickey's of Glendale, I went to the 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 ju- musical Journey of Aladdin panel, which was the last panel of the day. That thing was surprisingly crowded. Um, I had the stage pass, but I was still put up in the bleacher area, surprisingly. Uh, well, maybe because I was at the back end, you know, of the people yeah, getting you, you, in. Yeah, you joined us for the line, the initial line for Mickey of Glendale's, but then... you you decided to redeem your stage pass. Yeah. Yeah. You were about anyway. to skip it. And then we talked you out of it. I was like, are you actually going to buy anything in here? 
yeah I, I didn't i wasn't i wasn't really gonna buy anything in there so yeah. yeah it's actually a pretty good thing i went to that panel i i enjoyed it a lot that's um, good they you know they brought out scott winger um who was the speaking voice of aladdin he was the host and then they you know he they brought out some more of the singers like the male singers of aladdin and they brought out the Steve speaking voice of jasmine that's linda larkin right that's right her name. so yeah they brought linda larkin out and oh if if leia salonga showed up rissa would have been <laughs> so mad. oh i knew I she know, wasn't because I, I was like oh i know i was I'm watching her twitter <laughs> so <laughs> i was like no she's not in anaheim it's okay yeah, so Rissa already kind of knew that Leia Salonga wasn't going to be there because she's kind of in the Philippines, right? Yeah. She, um, she has yeah. commitments. She's got her commitments there. Uh, but I thought the panel was good. I mean, they showed some old clips of Brad Kane working with um, Alan Menken and Leia Salonga. Uh, you know, some Didn't of Brad Kane show up? Brad Kane did show up, and he sang One Jump. Um, mm. And they brought out some people that danced around him and all that stuff. Um then they, you know, they brought out uh, Mina Masood, who uh, live action Aladdin, <laughs> who was the live yeah. action Aladdin, and he had to leave kind of abruptly. Like he was supposed to do, like speak some more, but they, you know, he had to leave. I don't know why, but he had to leave. Uh, but he, yeah, it was pretty cool that they brought him out. They they shot some fireworks. Like, I mean, like like sparkler things, you know, from the sides mm-hmm. when he was walking out of the little from the back. I was like, okay, that's cool. And I thought, I thought, oh, they're going to end it with this. And then, no, they kept going. And I was like, when are they going to end this thing? <laughs> um, yeah, by it, the time you got out of the panel, uh, we just had gotten into the store. Yeah. Right, exactly. I, I was kind of like, when are they, they going to end this? You know, um, because it kept, I thought, oh, this would be a perfect time to end it when Mina Masood left. I was like, oh, this would be the perfect spot to end it. But no, they didn't end it. They kept going. Um, they brought out the choreographer for the live action movie the one that did all the dancing and stuff and then they did friend like me and i was like okay is it over now nah it wasn't over yet and i was like okay they're gonna bring somebody else out uh so they they did end they ended up ending it with um with regina bell singing a whole new world but no peebo bryson so (laughs) i was like where's peebo and she's like oh unfortunately peebo couldn't be here um but they brought out Another guy named Norm Lewis, who was, um, he originated the Triton on Broadway. Um, and he was supposedly the first African-American Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. So, I don't know. He, it was kind of weird hearing an R&B voice trying to sing with a Broadway voice. You know, doing a whole new world. Because I was like, eh, it doesn't really work. <laughs> but that's how they ended it, basically. So... I thought it was a good panel. Uh, I enjoyed it, but, you know, it kind of dragged on toward the end there. Huh. But, yeah, that was um, that was the ending for, I guess, for our experience there at day two of, uh, of D23 Expo. What did uh, what you guys think overall of the, of the whole expo and the day two? So uh, let's start with you, Nelson, since you were the new one. Oh, man. I mean, it was definitely a rough start. And, um, I mean, it was bad enough that I was already, like, threatening, like, this might be my first and last D23. (laughs) I mean, truly, it was that bad when, you know, we first, you know, were dealing with Hall A. 
but oh man once we finally got over that initial hump the rest of the con or excuse me the rest of the expo was it was pretty awesome in all honesty and of course definitely the highlight for me was the behind the scenes panel i lost my my uh s word uh so <laughs> so it was it was a lot of fun so i definitely would do it again and i mean it sucks that i mean for the fact that the the parks panel was on a different day altogether so like i know rissa was um she was our guru for you know information of past uh d23s but since they changed so much, she was even teasing, like, yep, my knowledge is kind of useless. Garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, we were kind of all playing it by ear, at, at, you know, at, at times. But um, overall, I had a great experience. And um, at least just looking back at the, the good stuff. So I had a good time overall, though. Would go again. And uh, Rissa, how about you? How was your experience for D23 2019? I mean, it... Every time I go to D23 Expo, um, going into it, like in the middle of it, there's always one hiccup that just makes you rage so hard that you're like, I'm never doing this again. But then coming out of the weekend, you're like, I'm totally doing this again. (laughs) So um, I'm just hopeful towards the future that, you know, that they learn from their mistakes and they actually build on it this time. Um, and don't cause so much chaos with online reservations again. Um, so hopefully they learn, um, hopefully they grow and they actually, when they flesh out ideas, they do it completely, um, and continue to notify their attendees of, of different changes and happenings. Um, because there were chances that they had to, to do that, especially with such a, a, an integrated app um, within the, uh, the halls and, and the expo. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was cool that they had the, the new RFIDs, but I, I thought it would have been cooler if they, they integrated it more in each stop at each, um, booth. Um, because I thought that there would be more interaction on the floor with the RFIDs, but I, I never actually scanned. It was literally to get into the expo, and to leave the expo actually we didn't even need to do it to leave because we never left until the end and came back yeah so yeah i i thought i would be scanning my rfid way more but overall it was great yeah Yeah, and, and with the rfid i um like the badges this year i felt like that was over designed yeah yeah this year they just like I mean we kind of touched on it before, but it seemed like they just changed too many things this year. It's like so. a like a test run this year for technology and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I I agree with you guys that it's a it's always fun to go to D twenty three Expo, um, and even if you know you were the type that missed getting your reservations or like you weren't able to. You know, they they still were able to resolve things like overnight lines and, and such. So, you know, people got to do things. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to get into stores and all that. Well, our um, our friend Nyrell, who we met up with because she was volunteering for the um, Disney Family Museum, she actually got into the Broadway panel in that afternoon. Um, and that's when she, she joined us in the Mickeys of Glendale line because 
it, yeah, when she got when she let out because the hall D twenty three exit was like right there. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like she didn't have any reservations or stage passes, and she she still had a really good weekend, um, even volunteering. So um, that that speaks speaks volumes to the people that actually organized the, the show floor. That they exactly. they put in a lot of effort there. So kudos kudos to the to the organizers there. Yeah, there's like. For me, I noticed there's something for everyone, even if you're just walking the show floor, you know, you never know what you're going to see or who you're going to see, like Robin Lopez. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's merchandise for everyone. There's, you know, there's some food even. They they I think they did a good job outside in the courtyard area with the food trucks, uh, bringing those guys in. Um, but there's, you know, there's there's something to see. There's something to see. There's always, you know, the center stage where they bring people on to talk about different things and they do some contests and all that stuff. So uh, cosplayers, you know, there's people that you can take pictures of, you know, it's 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 a lot of things for a lot of people. So um, overall, if you like Disney and you like anything, pretty much everything. Um, you guys check it out uh, for the next time they do D23 Expo. It's probably 2021, right? Correct. Should be. All right. So, yeah. Um, anything you want to say uh, closing in closing for our listeners? Rissa? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for hanging in there for this uh, long recap of day two. But um, hopefully you were able to enjoy our discussion and... Um, Again, uh, thanks for, for continuing to support us. And Nelson? Yeah, thanks, guys, for coming back and hanging out. Uh, yeah, we definitely had a lot to talk about, particularly with the behind-the-scenes panel. So that was the big one for for uh, for us this year, um, right behind, I guess, uh, Disney Legends. So it was a lot of fun overall, D23 this year, and uh, can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank you listeners for tuning in and for subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Uh, please continue to listen and uh, tune in every week because we're going to be keep doing our podcast. So uh, on behalf of the other two, I'd like to say keep your watches synced to Disney time. See ya. See ya. Later. Disney.